The city of Trail is the western gateway to one of the most exciting regions of North America, the fabulous Kootenay country in the southeast section of the province of British Columbia. It is in the Kootenays that the mammoth Columbia River project is being developed, where the world's largest mine and smelter of their type are operated, and where other industry and commerce is developing more rapidly than at any time in its history. Yet while more than $100 million worth of construction is underway, the Kootenays continue to represent nature's unspoiled playground, an area of rugged grandeur, scenic riches, mountains, forests, lakes and streams that abound in all types of big game and fighting rainbow trout. All is within easy access from trail. The city centers a network of modern highways on the southern Trans-Canada Highway. Trail's history is steeped in the adventurous mining era of the late 19th and early 20th centuries when gold and copper mines flourished in the mountains of nearby Rossland. Originally, Trail was the Columbia River landing for sternwheelers serving nearby mining camps. In the wake of the mining boom, remained a smelter at Trail, which gave birth to the Consolidated Mining and Smelting Company's huge metallurgical and chemical complex of today. Besides being the home of Kaminko, Trail is renowned for the world champion Smoke Eaters Hockey Club, champion curlers, and Olympic athletes. Trail offers all the amenities of modern living. The climate, warm summers and moderate winters produces luxurious gardens, lush lawns, and mountain greenery spectacular to behold. Ever-changing and smartly developing shopping facilities makes Trail the major trading center for the fabulous Kootenays, with a moving, exciting, bustling trade. It's easy to travel to Trail, and it's worth seeing at any time of year. It's wonderful to be here. Visit this wonderful town, Trail, B.C. <laughs> More exciting information right to the Trail Chamber of Commerce, Trail, British Columbia, that wonderful town. And you're listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. You just heard right there, Trail, wonderful town. It's an introduction to Trail BC, a series of records put out, all documenting all different towns across the nation. You think your actual... You're actually spe- you're actually special when you get a song dedicated to on an Ardwar to Human Serviette radio show. No, it's not too special. Anybody can do a radio show on an Ardwar to Human Serviette radio show. Anybody can come in and be a DJ on CITR. But I guess what I really meant here, you're listening to an Ardwar to Human Serviette radio show, is that these guys had this sort of business where they were able to make songs that they could contour to each individual city's needs. So that was one from Trail BC, that actually wasn't the song. That actually just was the intro for the actual song. The actual song went something like Wonderful Town, Wonderful People, all this time in Trail BC. Well, the thing is they did that for every single town. So right now, I didn't have to play a trail. Just imagine trail in the words here of Hamilton. Gonna play you Wonderful Town, Hamilton and in Wonderful Town, Columbus, Georgia. Just to show you that it wasn't as limited to Vancouver. 
So Wonderful Town Trail sounds like Wonderful Town Hamilton, which sounds like Wonderful Town Columbus, Georgia, which you're going to hear coming up on an Ardwater Human Serviette radio show in a second. was going to also say on an Ardwater Human Serviette radio show, you're listening to the Nardwater Human Serviette radio show, have interviews coming up with Heinz from Madrid, Spain, and also live from Los Angeles, an interview with the Sloths, who are going to be playing Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada on November 5th at the Cobalt. So, Heinz and the Sloths. Today on the Nardwar, the human, Serviette Radio Show in Vancouver, wonderful town! A very wonderful town. In fact, so wonderful that the uh, actual... Oh, there it is. Yeah, there it is. There is the wonderful town that's happening on the Nardwar, the human Serviette Radio Show. Wonderful town, wonderful people, places to go, things to see. They're all in Hamilton. That's my wonderful town. Beautiful homes, schools and churches, entertainment, places to shop. My heart's in Hamilton. That's my wonderful town. Hamilton's the center of the golden horseshoe. Giant of commerce and industry Hamilton's a steel city And of course you will listen to Radio CKOC Wonderful harbor, beautiful mountain Botanical gardens, a sight to see My love is Hamilton That's my wonderful town Hamilton's the hometown of the Ticats Oski wee wee, eat them raw there's the farmer's mark, and for the young at heart, Hamilton has CKOC. You can ride across the beach strip on the Skyway. At Buckbuster, you can get a degree. Out on the bay for a sail, or on the Mohawk Trail. You can listen to CKOC. In Burlington and Stony Creek and Dundas, from Toronto to Niagara Falls. Wellen and Galt and Kitchener agree. Radio CKOC There's only one Hamilton That's my wonderful time Wonderful town Wonderful people Places to go Things to see my love is Columbus, that's my wonderful town. Beautiful homes, schools and churches, entertainment, places to shop. My heart's in Columbus, that's my wonderful town. Columbus, a center of transportation, business and industry set the pace. Columbus, a center of communication, the home of Big Johnny Rev. Columbus is great to live in and work in, a friendly and happy place to be. My love is Columbus, that's my wonderful town. Columbus has the Yankees and Fort Benning. Columbus is a port city. Columbus has a ball, but that's not all. Columbus has W-D-A-K. Columbus has colleges and schools. Museums and a symphony. 
Columbus your best bet, and better yet, Columbus has Big Johnny Rev. From Atlanta to Savannah and Augusta, the many towns of style and grace. Overnights, Lumpkinites, Manchesterites too, they like W-D-A-K. Listening to Denard War, the human serviette radio show. You just heard right there, Wonderful Town, Columbus, Georgia. Before, Wonderful Town, Hamilton, Ontario. And before that, to begin Denard War, the human serviette radio show, Wonderful Town, the alternate version where we actually talk about the town, Trail BC. Coming up, an interview with Heinz on Burger Records and the Sloths on Burger Records. Speaking of songs that are somewhat similar, coming up right now, an interview with Heinz, but before that, going to prepare you by playing two songs. One, the Premier's Farmer John, and the head coach's Davy Crockett. Listen closely, if you want, on the Nardwar the Human Serviette radio show, and in an interview with Heinz from Madrid, Spain. How's your pagoda? Has anybody seen Kosher Pickle Harry?
Are you? Hi, my name is Carlota. Carlota from? From Heinz. And who else is in Heinz? Um, here's Anna. Hi. <laughs> here's Amber. Hey. And she's Addy. Hello. And together you are? Heinz. Heinz, welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thank you very much. To further welcome you to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the shameful tiki where we are right now, I have a gift for you guys. Thank you. We have gifts for you too. Oh, thank you. Well, right off the bat, I have a gift for you right here. It is a signed strokes. Is it true? It is signed by the strokes, all five of them. Why? Why? Because you are Heinz. But a first yeah, impression. I have my tears coming. <laughs> no. no way! 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 Those are the signatures. How does Addy know so much? Because she's a big fan. Wait a minute, why you have this? And why, I mean, why, why are you so heavy? <laughs> For you guys. 
You've come a long way. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. So there you have it. A stroke sign poster for you guys. Thank you. First impressions of Earth. What do you think about that record? Is that a good one? I love it. Me too. I fucking love it. And you guys know about loving and strokesing and stuff. Did you really party at Harrison Ford's house? What can you say about that? Yeah, we did. We actually played at his at his yes. place. And we peed in his bathroom and we did everything you have to I do at some I puke in his bathroom. <laughs> what was his bathroom like and how did it all happen? How did you end up in Harrison Ford's bathroom and why did you puke? Because <laughs> we were friends with Public Access TV and they know everyone. They, knew, they know Julian Casablancas actually. And I don't know, I just had too many chains. They were friends with Harrison Ford's kid. Yeah, with the kid of Harrison Ford. So thank you, Harrison Ford's son. Yeah, thank you. Was Harrison Ford around? Uh, no, 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 no. Any photos of him? The granny was there, though. Yeah. Oh, so what did the granny think? I don't know. <laughs> we didn't see her. The house was so big, she was like in the other side of the house. She, I don't think she knows we were ever there. On this particular tour, you're touring North America. Yes. Is it true, though, that you guys, Heinz, were the first Spanish band to play at Glastonbury? Yes. I, well, we know we were the first band to play in a main stage in Glastonbury. That's incredible. Like, nobody else had come before? No. What was that like, doing that? Um, it was It was the big... I mean, the, the night before, we didn't even, like... like could sleep at all like we were like so 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 excited so nervous we still get nervous in in almost all of the gigs and that one was like <laughs> horrible yeah like we were like lying on the bed like looking at each other like how are you feeling i can't even move to talk You're to you <laughs> yeah, like, send me a picture <laughs> yeah 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 but it was good i mean we 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 did it well do you guys Heinz, ever not smile who me yeah, do you ever not smile? Do you ever not smile? Yes. You can believe how many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in your photos, you guys are smiling so much. I know. Yeah. Like, do you ever not smile? Yes, like, 15 minutes ago, I was sleeping very... Yeah. Yeah. She's feeling sick. That's how concerned you are. I love that you care that you don't smile when you're sleeping. That's how careful you are about making sure you present such a nice image. It's amazing. She does. We have pictures. She sleeps like this. No, no, with teeth, but I, but I, I keep smiling while sleeping. And I think the smiles really help people because I saw that photo of you guys on that airplane to Oslo. Yeah. <laughs> Describe that for the people. Yes. Okay. So we were in in a very small in a, in a tiny plane, and uh, the picture is like we are like holding each other, and there, I mean, the rest of the of the people of the plane, they're like, I mean, like people on planes, which are in an or I mean, they don't have to be happy. There's no, I mean, I'm not saying they weren't happy, but they <laughs> they were just like like I mean, doing their things and like I don't know, like that. And that's a funny picture because of the contrast of um, four girls smiling and, and holding each other and, and they're regular Real people. Life. Yeah, There were a few people laughing though. Like it was contagious. I think you did. Really? Yeah. Really? I have to check it again. That you was tell them you were a band? Sometimes we do. I mean, you know, we. I yeah. mean, we always carry our guitar, so it's not mm. We talk to them. I mean, when we don't sit to sit together, we always chat with the person we have next to us, and you make friends. Carlotta, I wanted to ask you, what the hell is going on right here? Oh, what is this right here? Bucky, Maybe you could explain what's going on here right here. <laughs> Anna. Okay, she was. She used to be an actress, and she she did like the nerd character of like a TV Spanish yeah, your nephew or something. Baboo! <laughs> <laughs> 
what do you remember about all the moves that Carlotta has done? I what, sorry? What do you remember about all the movies? What can you say about Carlotta's acting? I remember only the... Um, oh, yeah. When you did... Yes. How, like, four years old? No, seven, seven, seven. Seven, seven. <laughs> you remember really the early stuff? Yes. We saw it when we were recording the, um, the album. We used to, to see that TV show... <laughs> what was the TV show like? What was this about? This one is called Los Protegidos, and it was um, um, it was quite famous in Spain. And I wasn't I mean I wasn't the main the main character at all. I was just like uh, like the best friend of the main character. What? Davy Crockett. Wait, I'm gonna give you a present. Oh, I have a present for you guys, actually. <laughs> Oh, I have a present for you, actually, right here. For Addy, I have a present right here. Uh, Davy Crockett, what? original 1950s milk original mug. A mug? It's a milk mug from the 1950s with Davy Crockett written on it. Also good for beer. And this is in honor of the song... Davy Crockett. Davy Crockett. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Davy Crockett with the parrots yeah. on Burger Records. Yes, correct. And what's really interesting, the parrots, I have a gift for them, for you to give the parrots. Yes, if you can hold that. I have right here a gift for you to give the parrots since you've given me a parrots record. I have a reissue right here, a Roy Orbison 7-inch on Sun Records reissued by Jack White on Third Man for a parrots because I think the parrots like the Orbison, don't they? Diego loves it, yes. They're going to so you give me the parrots, I give you Roy Orbison. What can you say about Davy Crockett, the head coach? How did you discover? Whoa! How did you discover the head coach and head coaches? Um, it was because, uh, I mean, it was at the same moment almost that we go, that we were going to record the song. And, I mean, a friend of us um, told us to, to record this song, so we started, like, to... to investigate and stuff and we recorded it and then we played in the gigs and and that's what we do with that song because the head coats are the best in fact they yes. played vancouver in 1991 yes fiona is a big fan too she we <laughs> and i have a poster for you from that gig in vancouver to give to you heinz this is a head coats post from 1991 with the head coats, Girl Trouble, the Mummies, the Evaporators, and the Worst Play near Katie Hall Main Street, not far from here. There's the head coats. This is for you, a gift. For Better than Christmas. Thank you. Thank you so much. I think it's so great that you guys are covering the head coats and head coatees. Such an amazing song. Like when you do that song, people go crazy, don't they? The, go crazy. Most of the people doesn't know who we, I mean, they always go like, hey, I love the last song. And it's like, hey, it's not ours. You know what I mean? Burger Records. Yes. Thank you for the seven inch. How did you save Sean from Burger Records life? <laughs> um, and, well, he came to Spain and it was like his first time out of California. And he was like quite, quite, he was quite lost, like in at everything. And like it, it was a very small village and it was only like eight streets at all. And he kept like going lost all the time. And he arrived and he was like, um, he was like crazy looking for for weed. for weed because he had a long flight and it was the first time since he was lighting like crazy. He was gonna faint and we were like, "Are you okay? Is this, I just need my weed." Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we had to. I mean, we looked for the weed and stuff. So so we became like we started to be friends and um, then um, we had to walk him home like yeah, all every night. It's like, yeah. okay, this is your hotel. Are you gonna be fine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the floor. Like, he was so so lost. Yeah. 
And also, they had a thing with the policeman. I mean, we weren't there, but the paros were there. And uh, just uh, uh, um, a car stopped. And a, and, and a person, not dressed as a cop, you know, as a... As a regular person, he he saw them like smoking weed, and he like show show his body, and he had a gun, and he said, "I'm the fucking policeman. Give me that. What is that? What are you smoking?" And Sean was there, and uh, so I don't know who of them, but he took it and like saved it. Like, okay, let's run away a little bit, and the rest of the guys like just stay there. And I mean, it nothing happened at the at the end, but that's the way. This is an incredible story. Yeah. John from Burger Records. Heinz to the rescue. Do you rescue a lot of people? Yeah, not really. Yeah. Oh, we have a better story. Do you want to know it? Sure. Then you can cut it up. Uh, we were playing in, in Amsterdam, and uh, there was a guy, a very, very nice guy, that bought us uh, some beers and stuff, and it was nice. He was just nice. And we, like, party with him and more people, like, during the night. And at the, 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 the morning after, we had a Facebook message in our... In our Facebook page um, saying hi I'm the guy from yesterday that bought you those drinks and stuff do you have any idea of what happened to me yesterday because I appeared in the hospital in the hospital like at 2 p.m. and I don't remember nothing since he, he went to the river yeah, yeah, like yeah. he w and someone took took him to their place or something like yes, a yes, couple yes. and then a they couple. brought him to the hospital like mysterious yeah 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 it was no 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 sorry you just left the bar and we have nothing to do with that <laughs> Carlotta how did your foot turn into a zombie uh, I had a motorbike a motorbike accident a really bad one it was a terrible photo yeah how did you wow you've seen it it's my favorite photo ever <laughs> could you describe that photo please Anna I mean I can there's so many colors like so many textures and like the blood and the, yeah. the volcano yeah and <laughs> there's also green and Huge We're joking about it, but it was an awful thing. It was an awful thing, yeah, yeah. I was in a wheelchair for one week. Were there other band injuries? I thought I saw a picture like somebody's knee with somebody's knee. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was so happy because we met Temple, some, someone. I was, I was running very drunk and happy, and I was laughing at them, and then I fell over. Like surfing the road. Temples cost you to get hurt. <laughs> I am still happy. <laughs> <laughs> also, in Madrid, I noticed that the Occupy movement started in 2011, and you guys started in 2011. Were you involved with the Occupy movement? Ah, yes, yes, we were there. Los Ocupas. We were there, and we, I mean, we, we were into the thing. Not like um, very aggressive, yeah, but. Sí. You mean the 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 on Theme, the eleven at the Puerto de Sol Square? Yeah, I was working there. I worked once as a like driving. Because that was an amazing thing. It all started in Spain. Incredibly cool. Like it was like a village. The guy from the, the like the bass player, no, the drummer, sorry, for from the Pirates. He stayed there like one week or so. And it spread all the way to Vancouver. Yeah. It did. Yeah, the entire movement, Occupy, went worldwide. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Who were the booties? Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Ba ba ba. <laughs> uh, I had another band apart from this one, and yeah. Ba 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 brain. Chelsea Dagger? Yeah. And the strokes, I covered under, under control with the booties. <laughs> No, Spanish food, a Spanish tortilla. What's a Spanish tortilla? It's the best food in the world. <laughs> it's so good. Do you know how to do it? I mean, what is it? 
es it's um, eggs and potatoes and oil and olive oil and onion and uh, salt. Yeah, that's it. How about girls poucho? Gazpacho. Gazpacho. <laughs> How bad is that? It's, so it's amazing. How bad is my pronunciation? Horrible, horrible. Gazpacho. Gazpacho. What is that? It's just like tomato juice, but like with um, a lot of oil you and... Salad, you just put it in like... Yeah. And then it becomes gazpacho. How about papas bravas? Patatas bravas. So good too. But that's not the... I mean, that's kind of similar to chips with different sauce. sauces. Sauces? How about churros con chocolate? Churros. Churros con chocolate. Every every New Year's Eve, like every 1st of, of January, everyone goes at like 6 a.m. after partying, go to have breakfast. And we have that. And how about jabugo ham? Jabu, eh, jamón de jabugo. <laughs> would I be ordering? If I was in Spain speaking like this, would I be laughed out of the restaurant? Nobody would could talk to you, I'm sorry. <laughs> I would need Heinz. Yeah, we could be your guide and we can save your life. <laughs> I would not get anywhere. What, what would I be trying to order if I said jabugo ham? What is jabugo ham? It's, um, it's like kind of... It's a masterpiece. It's a, it's a, it's a pig that only eats um, bellotas. So he, I don't know how that... Well, he only eats one, yeah, one kind of thing. So his his body is like so tasty and stuff. It's so expensive. I think I've never in my life tasted it. You guys cover the dead. The dead ghosts. The dead ghosts, and I have a gift for you: a rare oh. dead ghosts seven inch yeah. on the Kingfisher Blues record label from Vancouver. So the dead ghosts from Vancouver on Kingfisher Blues from Vancouver. It's a one-sided seven inch of the dead ghosts. What can you say about the dead ghosts? How did you discover them? We, I mean, we, we. They came to Madrid. Yeah, that's, they came to Madrid. Reason. They played with the, with the parrots, and uh, I mean, I don't know. We just started to. I mean, I think it was the the first like proper garage music we started to listen to and we love that song and we uh, covered it and it was kind of the beginning of oops sorry it was kind of the beginning of the new mm, new no the new stage new band yeah we started the band because of dead ghost a little bit So cool, though. like the dead ghosts from Vancouver, and now you're in. But they're not here. And now you're in Vancouver. Oh, yeah. I know. Yes. yes. We checked. I mean, we, they, they even, it was such a big thing, because when we did the cover, we were like so little, just yeah. she and I, like just acoustic things, and we posted, and they like replied and put it yes. on their Tumblr, yeah. and it was such a big thing. So since yeah. then, we've been kind of talking like, hey, guys, where are you? Are you there? And we never, I mean, we've never seen them. They've never seen us. No. We're here, and they're not here. They played Spain, and we weren't there. So it's just like... Ghost friends, not Ghost real. Friends. Ghost friends, yeah. Who is Kobe, and how dirty is his house? Kobe, buena! Um, Kobe is a friend. Uh, hola, Kobe. Un beso desde Vancouver. Uh, that used to live in the middle of the middle in, of the streets we always go out. And, um, I mean, all the after parties end up in, ended up there. And I think you asked it because, uh, uh, between cans, because of the song that we, I mean, is inspired in, in that house, like the kind of things that could happen like at 7 a.m. in a house full of strangers and cans uh, and like, yeah, insects <laughs> and, yeah, and dirty everywhere. And, you know, that kind of like 
student house that never has classes and, and or forks or things like that. I smell beef here at the Shameful Tiki. Now, speaking of beef and bands you fight, you said you were fighting some bands. What were the fight you had with other bands? No, no, no. I mean, we're not like fighting with bands, but we have band enemies. <laughs> who, are the en- who are the enemies? How could anybody be an enemy? No, no, you can't tell. You never tell. No, 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 no. I don't want to start that. I don't want to start that war. How many languages do you speak? Um, English, Spanish, and a little bit of French. But when you go to each town, don't you try to speak the local language? Like, you try, don't you? Yeah, I do. I do. I do very bad, but I do. Better than I'm doing trying to speak Spanish. <laughs> yeah, exa- I mean, kind of like that. When we're in, I mean, when we're in Germany, I try to speak German, and, and I just do it. Quote, thank you, good night, sold out. Sold out. That is the name of a release by a Canadian band called... No, 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 Come on, you can... No, 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 That is a release of by a Canadian band... The Deers. happening. Not even happening, I'm sorry. Welcome to Vancouver. I think it's amazing. You're called Heinz because of... It was amazing, though. You had to change your name from the Deers. Yes. Because of the Canadian band. No, we weren't called no. the Deers. We were called Deers, D-E-E-R-S. And those guys made us change it. They changed your name. But Heinz is such a great name. And I love that chalkboard you guys had. You had like, a, Could you explain that? You had this giant chalkboard of band name ideas. Yes, yes. It was our hair place. He has that blackboard. And seriously, we were so frustrated. I mean, you can't imagine how awful is to be in the middle of mm, your life and to have to choose your name. Imagine that right now you can be called Narwar. Eh? How do you feel? How do you stay? Well, I, I knew Heinz and I could get that great chalkboard because I think the name you came up with was incredible. Heinz works so well and the chalkboard looks amazing. Everything turned out just fine. Thank you. And thank you so much, Heinz, for coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada and coming to the shameful tiki. Really appreciate it. Thank you for everything. Thanks for having us. And here we are at the Shameful Tiki, an amazing, amazing tiki bar. And they also have amazing drinks. Like they have a drink called the Zombie. Oh, perfect. Yes, and they have food. Actually, they have another drink called the Painkiller. Perfect for my food, too. And they also here at the Shameful Tiki in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, Heinz, have another drink called the Volcano Bowl. The Volcano Bowl. (laughs) The Volcano Bowl. Are we going to drink it? Volcano Bowl. Perfect. Volcano Bowl here at the Shameful Tiki. You like to drink, don't you? Yes. There's a lot of rum in this at the Shameful Tiki. The Volcano Bowl. Nick, what do we have here? This is the Volcano Ball. The Volcano Ball. So take the whole thing from Nick. No, grab the whole thing. There you go. Thanks, Nick, and do-do-loo-do. Do-do. So there we have the Volcano Ball here for Heinz. Thank you, Nagward. Thank, Thank you, Shameful Tiki. How drunk we look in, in our in our lives. <laughs> the straws. You have a straw. There's a straw. Thanks very much, Heinz. Keep on rocking in the free world. And do 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 loo do Ole, <laughs> Hostia, chaval. Es una foto un vídeo que está bastante. It's very nice. <coughs> Joder, espera, chicas, espera. ¿Qué no pasa? Que tengo problemas. Ah, it's burning. Sí.
And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show you just heard right there on Burger Records from Madrid, Spain. Heinz with Davy Crockett. And before that, an interview with Heinz from Madrid, Spain, done at the Shameful Tiki in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, in case you're wondering at the end there. I gave Heinz, you heard me saying, the Volcano Bowl, a lot of rum, and they were talking about how much they loved rum, I think, or maybe you could translate that for me. If you want to reach me, nardwar at nardwar.com or at nardwar, N-A-R-D-W-U-A-R, or give a call here at CITR, 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR. And before that, we heard the head coats with Davy Crockett and the premiers with Davy Crockett, I mean, with Farmer John. Coming up right now, an interview with the Sloths from Los Angeles, California, who are playing the Cobalt in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada on November 5th. And to prepare you for the Sloths, I have some Dune Rats to play for you. The Dune Rats, who are also playing the Cobalt, except tomorrow, Saturday, October the 24th. Here is the Dune Rats from Australia with Dali Lama Big Banana Marijuana on the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show.
and you're listening still to Denardwar, the human serviette radio show. And we have some callers on the line right now. Hello, callers. Are you there? Where's, where's yes. my prize? <laughs> hey, I want those Grizzlies tickets. Baboom, who are you? Please introduce yourselves. Who are you? All right, this is Mike from the Sloths. And just go ahead. This is Pooch or Patrick from the Sloths, also. Hello, Mike. Hello, Pooch. Welcome mm-hmm. to the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show. You're from the Sloths. You're coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, November 5th at the Cobalt. And before you came on, I played a couple songs that I wanted to mention. Earlier, before I even played Sloth songs, I played Dalai Lama, Big Banana Marijuana by the band <laughs> Dune Rats, who are playing the Cobalt tomorrow, Saturday, October the 24th. And then I played Chachi on Acid with Urinal. And they're from Listowel, Ontario. And then I segued into which two songs, Pooch, did we play here on the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show of the Sloth. Well, Nardwar, 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 Nardwar kindly played Haunted, and he also played I Want to Get Fired. By the Sloths. Now, Pooch, could By you please sloth. explain to me the Sloths? Mike, what is your connection between each other? How does this all come <laughs> together? Is the King Bees the connection? Because who are, well, actually, maybe I'll say right off the bat, who is Pooch Mike? Who is Pooch Mike? Oh, uh, he, <laughs> <laughs> all right. He just uh, he used to hang out backstage at the Starwood uh, interviewing bands for this awesome magazine called Flipside. And that's how I first knew Pooch. Um, I was in a band called Hollywood Stars. Uh, Kim Valley started that band before the Runaway. Awesome band. Awesome band. And, uh, um, and we were playing a lot at the Starwood. And um, so... And then uh, a few years later, I, um, you know, I, I saw him playing in this band called Blow Up, and I was actually asked to play, play bass with Blow Up. I guess they were having some personnel changes, you know. <laughs> and uh, we did some, um, I did some shows with them, some recordings and everything, and uh, that was a gas. Uh, and then, yeah, I've just, I've just seen him over the years, you know, he's one of those guys that's everywhere, like Waldo, you know, every, like, you're, you're at a gig or a concert or something, and there's Pooch, man, and, uh, so, uh, when we need a guitar player, Pooch says, hey, how about me, and, I, and you know, I said, well, why not, man, you're crazy, crazy enough to be in the sauce. And Pooch, who is Mike, who is Mike, how do you know Mike, when did you find out Mike. about the sloths? Well, I found out about the Slavs about, oh, God, maybe a couple of years ago, and I knew Mike had had had, uh, had this band going on, and, and I loved playing with him in Blow Up. We had a record out called Easy Knowledge. Michael was on that record, actually. And I just loved hanging out with Mike at, at the shows and stuff and afterwards. And um, I knew Mike, like you said, in the Hollywood Stars, and he was in the King Bees, who were one of my favorite bands out of Los Angeles. And he could sing great harmonies and everything like that. And I thought, well, this guy's cool. You know, and so everybody's every band he's been in, I've liked. So I said, "Well, you know, Mike, Mike's the guy." <laughs> and he used to Mike used to run a uh, rehearsal studio that all these bands, legendary bands, and the Germs, Texan Horseheads, all these other bands used to rehearse at. So of course we'd see Mike there as well because he was running the studio. 
I find it interesting, though, that you never knew about the sloth until you were actually in a band with Mike. Was it that much of a secret? You're not. You're a journalist, Pooch. You didn't try to find out anything well, about sl- Mike's. Sl- well, the sloths were in the '60s, and you know, and, and I wasn't a journalist back then. And Nardwuar, the human serviette, used to write for Flipside, which I'm so proud of, um, and, and which is where I know Nardwuar from, of course. And and um, so, Mike, you know, I, the sloths—they were a band that was—they were kids, and they used to open for these really cool bands in Hollywood. But of course, I was too young to go out to Hollywood and see them. You know, um, but Mike's got phenomenal, like, well, one, he's got a great memory, and two, he's got a great, he's got all kinds of great stories about these bands. And also Tommy, who's the singer in the Slots, who was in the band called the Maywines, he, he, he also opened for a ton of great bands. So, you know, when you're on tour, you get some great stories out of these guys. So, Mike, when you were doing bands all these years, did anybody know that you were in the Sloths? Like, to me, it's, like, pretty incredible that you were in the Sloths and there was, like, private investigators were involved trying to track down the original <laughs> Sloths. What was it like? You would be, like, never telling anybody about... Did you ever drop that you were in the Sloths at all to anybody, but nobody followed up on it? And also, maybe you could tell the people this quickly, the songs we played to intro you guys were newer, brand new. Sloths material. Oh yeah. Uh, well, um, the um, the original uh, the original record we recorded, uh, "Making Love" and, and and the B side, "You Me Everything," were, that was like 1965, and and we was put out on Impression Records, and uh, uh, "Making Love" didn't get any airplay because they thought it was too controversial. "Making Love," my God, you know we can't have that on the air, and. Uh, so, uh, you know, then uh, after the Sloths, I got in a, another band called the Yellow Pages, another 60s L.A. band, you know, uh, and, uh, and I went on from there to play with other bands, other bands, and uh, including Rick James, by the way. Yeah, uh, Rick James came out to, um, from uh, Detroit in, uh, in the late 60s and put up an ad at Wallace Newsome City looking for a guitar player. But, I, but no one knew who Rick James was, you know. As a matter of fact, he called himself Rick Matthews back then. That's one of his, uh, his, his names, you know. I mean, uh, I can't even remember what his real name is now. But anyway, so um, when, what happened was when Facebook, when, when uh, MySpace came out, you know, I was like, I wasn't on the internet yet. My computer wasn't fast enough to do all that. And, Few years later, when I got a better computer, I noticed a lot of musicians were in MySpace, and I thought, you know, I to put up a page for me. And then I started putting up this page, and I started listing. I, I thought I'll list every band I've ever played with, you know, and maybe people who have been in those bands, or people who have written about those bands, or somebody will contact me. Never dreaming, you know. Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, after I list all the bands, I thought, you know, I'll just put the Sloths on there because that was my first band. You know, never dreaming anybody would remember the Sloths. And, all of a sudden, you know, um, I'm getting emails and stuff. No, with Rick James, which I expected, or you were with in a Kim Valley band. You know, that's what I thought was going to happen. But instead of it, you were in the Sloths. Tell me about the Sloths. <laughs> you know, and one of the guys was uh, was Mike Stacks from Ugly Things Magazine, and he wanted to do a uh, a feature article about us. So uh, that's kind of what kicked it off, you know. And um, that whole thing with, um, you know, Crip Records back in the grave in the early 80s, we didn't, none of us even knew that that was going on, you know. Um, 
that was a complete surprise, you know. And then, of course, uh, uh, the rarity of the record, you know. I mean, I still had a couple records. Everybody did, you know, in their collection. You know, I, if you ever make a record, you save one, right? And um, but no, none of us knew that they were going. It was like one of the rarest of garage records. And uh, right when we got back together to do this interview for Sax and uh, we do like a, uh, a reunion show. Someone was selling one on eBay for $6,550 with the sleeve. And uh, oh, the other thing is we made the sleeve ourselves. And But, you know, because we're kids and we're not, like, promo conscious, we didn't put our names on it. We just put our pictures. <laughs> and we thought, oh, that's good. Because before before that, it was just a 45 with a white, you know, with a white sleeve and a hole in the middle. That's all they, the record company bothered to do. So we made our own sleeve, and, you know, we didn't make that many of them, so we keep them right out, apparently, the records that survived with the sleeve. And when you got together with Mike Stacks, we're speaking here to Mike from the Sloths and Pooch from the Sloths, who are coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, November 5th, to the Cobalt. When you got together with Mike for the interview, it mentioned in the amazing Ugly Things fanzine, shout out to Ugly Things, turned me on to so much great music, including the Sloths. It's mentioned that a private investigator was involved. Now, I guess it wasn't involved in tracking you down because you had already been tracked down. Who hired the private investigator? That was your bandmate? And was a private investigator really needed? You didn't keep track with any of your bandmates? Could you explain a bit about that at all, Mike? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, you know, the, the bandmate who, who, who did that was uh, Jeff Riskin. And, uh, you know, when, uh, when the slots broke up, we all kind of went our separate ways. I mean, and, um, you know, Tom, um, um, Jeff ended up, you know, being a lawyer. So he's a, he's a lawyer. He has private investigators working for him. And so he just used one of the guys that, that he uses all the time. And he needed one to track uh, Tom down. Tom is, um, Tom was playing on the um, Sunset Strip uh, with the Sloths. Uh, when, the, when I left the Sloths, uh, a couple of guys um, reformed the band as the main lines, and Tom was a singer. And so Tom had gone into a whole other tangent also. He became a movie director. Um, he became, he went to Paris and studied mine with Marcel Marceau and, uh, I noticed that he did uh, stuff. I noticed that he did stuff with like Lucille Ball and Dick Van Dyke. Like you have a guy in your band that did stuff that wrote stuff for Lucille Ball. That is original gangster right there. Well, yeah. And and he, he's the director of Friday the 13th part six. So he's, and he's directed other horror films and a lot of, you know, movies for a lifetime and, um, you know, TV and stuff, but yeah, um, uh, yeah he was. Um, uh, I don't know why Jeff felt know. he had to hire a private investigator. I guess you could have gone to IMDb and called his agent, right? <laughs> that would have been cheaper. But uh, um, anyway, so so he tracked down Tom. They started rehearsing in a garage again. I mean, literally in a garage, and then it was um, the garage of Paul Krasner. He was uh, the original drummer from the Maywines back in 1966. So uh, they they invited me over, and uh, you know I was reluctant. I mean, I thought oh, this is crazy—a bunch of old guys in garage. You know, who's going to come and see that? You know, but you know, I guess I found out. You know, <laughs> uh, what about the other members? Who was located, and when did you pooch come in? Who are the other members? Oh, oh, the members. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, two of the original members, uh, sadly, the report had passed away. So. Um, 
back in the back in '65 again, there were um, there were five original members who, were, who made that record, and then two of those guys' uh, uh, parents intervened and wouldn't let them play in the band anymore because we were still in high school. So we, we replaced those two guys. So there's seven original sloths plus um, plus Tom from the mid '60s, and um, so uh, I mean. A couple of the other guys join us, you know, at different shows, you know, and the one's living up in San Francisco. Um, he changed his name to Noor. His original name is Don Silverman. We're going to see him on the tour. Um, He's funny. Yeah, but um, he had played uh, with the Velvet. He had played with the Velvet Underground. And he had played and with that, the Velvet Underground. Noor had played with the Velvet Underground. That's right. No. He played with the Velvet the Doug Moore version, yes, that's right. Um, he did. He did. That's right. And uh, which, and, by and, the way, and, and, the, and uh, you know, a couple of Doug and his brother played in the New York Rockets, and the original, the first lost singer, Hank Daniels, played in the New York Rockets with George Krasinski. Krasinski. Now we're still in touch with George. He's alive. And we had a jam session. Yeah, we had a jam session a while ago. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes yeah, we get together in January, and sometimes Moore comes up on stage and plays with us. Uh, Jeff um, had to retire from the modern sloths because his law practice uh, was suffering, and his wife said, "Oh no, <laughs> come back from the circus and practice law, buddy." <laughs> you know, they're living in. I'll tell you why they're living in uh, Annette Funicello's original house up in Encino. You know, and there's. Uh, there's there's a big there's a pretty big nut there to to, to um, satisfy each month and so he's he's got a he's got to buckle down with the law books you know what I mean? Well, could any of the band members financed houses etc. with records? Like how many copies have turned up? You're saying like some turned up for seven thousand dollars. How many have turned up since? Like where have copies turned up? Have any copies turned up in thrift stores? Can I hope to find one in a thrift store? And how many copies did you sell for less than seven thousand dollars from your personal collection? Well, tell first tell the story about the the Freak Beat guy because he found one there. The guy, the guy from Freak Beat Records, who was kind of you know, you found this one, um, this lady was selling a bunch of records and everything, and he went over, it was kind of like a yard sale, and had a whole bag full of, like, singles, you know, and no sleeves or anything like that, and he figures he's kind of going to go through them. And out of all these singles, he finds this single by a band called The Sloths. And he, you know, he picked it up, he paid her for a buck for it or something. He went home, went back to the office, and... When the, when the when the store closed up, he decided to check it up online. He looks it up and it was going for a ton of money, so he ended up selling it. And he went back and gave her, you know, a nice substantial amount of money. Didn't sell for that much because it wasn't it wasn't in prime condition with the sleeve, you know. Um, but I mean, he got several hundred for it. And he gave her went back and gave her some money. I think he got like five hundred for it and gave her like a hundred bucks or something like that. But you never know where these things find, you know, you know, they, they wind up, you know, I mean, it could be at a place like you and I went in Vancouver there the one time when you took me up there in Nardwar. Remember that? 
I actually did one time find a Guess Who record with a rare picture sleeve at that very thrift oh. shop. I've been back there many times and never found anything else. But people can find the genius of the sloth November 5th at the Cobalt in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And we're speaking to Mike and Pooch from the sloth. And I wanted to ask you, sloth, from your set list you're going to be doing, and we played a couple songs before you've come on, we'll play Make and Love as well. From your set list, how many songs did you play in the 60s that weren't exactly the same? Do you do any unreleased songs? Are there any unreleased sloth songs out there that you play in your set list? Well, a couple of these songs, uh, you know, on the back a good 35 years, I wouldn't say they go all the way back in the 60s, although, you know, all my experience started in the 60s. So, you know, some of that inspiration is in there. But um, there's a few cover tunes we'll do, I'm sure, that, that, that Mike, that you, you, you probably used to do back then, right? I guess, well, you know, when we first got together, we, uh, that's what we did. Uh, one of the guys, I think Tom had his old set list. He actually had the set list we used to do on stage. And we took songs off of there. And they were the songs like Around Around by Miss Chuck Berry, you know, the Rolling Stones version. Uh, there was um, Hey Joe, you know, back back in the sixties. Every every band was stripped at Hey Joe. The Standells, the Seeds, uh, the Bird, you know, Love. Um, let's see, what else? We uh, we're, right now we're doing Seven and Seven Is. We're doing a version of that. We're doing a version of Sheila by Tommy Rowe, and uh, we're doing an obscure cover called Cutie and Judy by Jerry McCain, and that's that's on the record. How was we Tommy? Also covering. How was Tommy? Sorry. How was Tommy connected to the sloth? It was he actually in the sloth? So he was in the Maywines. You're saying was he actually in the sloth when they were called the sloth? This is your singer Tommy. Uh, no, there was two of the guys in the sloth that were in the Maywines, and uh, but you know, it, it, you know, the, the Maywines. Uh, Jeff likes to say the Maywines oozed out of the sloth. You know because. <laughs> when they're, First got together, they were doing the same set list, same song. They even did Making Love. And, uh, you know, I, I had a chance to join this happening band called the Yellow Pages back then. They were uh, they were the house club. And uh, uh, Gary Bicasta was the uh, the man, the owner of that club. And he's the guy who later went on to, to start be one of the guys who started K-Rock. You know, it was a big radio station here in L.A., but at the time, uh, he used to have higher band. It was a big venue. You know, that's where they had, uh, that became the, it was the Earl Carroll Theater and had a revolving stage and everything. And he used to get these really huge acts coming through town, like Buffalo Springfield, the Yardbirds, the Seeds. Um, and we, we got to open for those bands. So, uh, you know, the Sloths were, were, were way in my rear view mirror by then, you know. And uh, <laughs> they kind of... Um, they kind of uh, did some evolution themselves. They, went, they used the name Maywines, uh, uh, TNT, TSOMP, which I don't even know what that acronym stands for anymore. You have to ask Tom. <laughs> but um, well, how about uh, and then Tom? Tom left. Uh, left. Um, uh, he had his heart broken by some 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 girl, and he left for Paris. And studied mine with Marcel Marceau. That's such a crazy thing to do. He just picked up and went to Paris. He's got, he's got another one. He's got a book out. There's a whole book out about him called The Strange Idea of Entertainment. It's a book about Tom McLaughlin. He's an incredible front man. I've seen some footage and pictures. There's like a drum circle. Does he wear knee pads as well? Yes. 
<laughs> I mean, that's amazing, wearing knee pads. I mean, that means you're into it. There's like a drum circle yeah. happening. He's the singer of The Sloth. We're speaking to Mike and Pooch from The Sloth. For Tommy himself, he actually saw The Sloth play, though, in the 1960s, right? Like, he actually saw them play, like the earlier oh, incarnation? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, uh, we were both, I mean, uh, you know, Foss used to play a lot at, at uh, Pandora's Box, and there's another club called Sea Witch, and, uh, you know, the Hollow Blue, and uh, there was see, there's some club in the valley called Cinnamon Cinder. Um, what about the, and, uh, what about Beto Lido? We used to play the same, Beto Lido's, yeah, we used to play, all play at the same clubs, you know, and, uh, you know, um, um, you know, it was, we were all inter- interchangeable back then. Now, the you know, Maywine... Like Tom will talk to you. The Maywine... It's actually a little bit like that now. Uh, if you go to uh, Echo Park, you know, all these bands that are on Lollipop Records or Burger Records even, they all have interchangeable band members. You know, like, you know, you know some of the names you see on the label, you know, the same, some of the same people are in the same bands. I noticed that at the Lollapalooza Festival that we played at. Uh, last um, last thing, yeah. and yeah, Tom, like several bands that were just like going from several musicians who were going from this band to that stage to that stage, and you know they were in like three or four bands at the time. Yeah, and Tom, your singer, and, you know, you, you, Tom, Tommy, Tommy's got stories, of course, of Jim Morrison, people like that, because at the time, you know, Nardwuar, you know, the bands you're hanging out with, you don't expect them to all get big. And you're hanging out with these guys, and after a while, they get very big, and they're kind of legendary. But to you, it's just kind of the person you were hanging out with and talking with, you know? Bob Krasnow, the heavy metal dude, he was in a band with Tom, wasn't he? Who's that? Bob Krasnow. Wasn't he in the Maywines, Bob Krasnow? Yes. Isn't he like a heavy metal dude? He like went on to like sign heavy metal bands? Uh, a different guy. Oh, yeah, a different guy. Oh, okay. I was. Yeah. I thought maybe. How dare I mention the name heavy metal to the sloth? Are you guys anti metal? It's okay. Are, are it's you, all right. Because uh, Pooch, you were there, right there when it happened in the scene of the Sunset Strip of metal. Well, you were there, weren't you? Metal scared you. Did metal scare you as a writer for Flipside Fanzine? Metal, nah, metal, metal didn't scare me because a lot of those bands came out of that, you know, emanated from there. And the other ones were just, I mean, around in the scene. A lot of them actually hung around in pop bands. You know, Guns N' Roses, bands like that were hanging out at Wands West and everything. So it wasn't scary. I mean, believe me, after you've been through the, the hardcore punk scene in L.A., you're not going to be scared by a bunch of guys dressing up with lipstick, really. You know, using <laughs> their hair. You know, I mean, come on. You know, you, 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 you've seen subhumans, you've seen skinny poppy and bands like that up there. You're really going to get free, you know, you're really going to get upset if some heavy metal band comes around and, and pos- is, is, you know, is posturing or something. Mike, <laughs> growing up in Los Angeles, you went to Beverly Hills High. What was that like? Who did you go to school with? Any, runs in, any run-ins with Brian Wilson or Marilyn Manson? <laughs> you know, but I went to school with um, um, Marilyn Manson. No, uh, what's his name? Albert uh, Albert Brooks. His name at the time was Albert Einstein. Albert Brooks. He had to change his name because although that would have been a humorous name for an actor to have, right? Albert Einstein. <laughs> and um, uh, Richard Dreyfuss was in my class too. So there were some celebrities there. I mean, obviously didn't know they were celebrities at the time, 
Uh, Michael Lloyd went there. Uh, uh, Jimmy Greenspoon ended up later going, being in Three Dog Night. Um, and so uh, Harvey Lembeck's son, Michael Lembeck, went there. Harvey Lembeck was one of those beach blanket bingo movies in the 60s. And he, was, he was a little fat motorcycle guy, you know? <laughs> and did you guys um, have connections to Jimi Hendrix, too? Did you have any run-ins with Jimi Hendrix? Only, only once. I, I mean, uh, well, Tom, Tom went to uh, Monterey Pop. He was, at, he was in the front of Monterey Pop. He used to be friends with uh, Hank Henry Mancini's son, Chris Mancini, and they decided to go up to this thing called Monterey Pop. They didn't know what they were going to. And he was right in the front row, and Hendrix and, and Janis Joplin and all that, and, you know, we did that famous, that fam- and the who, you know, smashed up this stuff. He was, he was right there in the front row. That's unbelievable. But anyway, I, my encounter with Hendrix was much less spectacular. There was a club on the Sunset Strip called The Experience. had nothing to do with Hendrix, but the guy, I guess he was in town, and the guy invited him down to get up there and jam some blues. So I just walk in this club, and Hendrix is up the stage just jamming some blues. And, and you know, he's not, he's not wearing his flashy clothes. He's not burning his guitar. He's just up there, you know, playing some blues. And uh, so that was my encounter with Hendrix. The Sloths are in the news, though. Like, there's evidence of you guys in the news. What can you say, Mike Sloth, about Sloth graffiti ending up, like, in the back wall of a CBS studio or the Sloths at the TNT show in Hollywood in 1966? Like, these are things people can actually see that actually exist that's out there now. Well, you really, uh, you really didn't lose it. Um, Okay, the uh, the graffiti came from the uh, the guys at the studio, uh, the guys at the record company, Impression Records. They said there was a wall in the back of the big room there, and there were people that signed the wall. And so the guy said after a session, you know, we were recording to make a living, he said, just go back there and sign the wall. And, uh, and, and we did, and you can see it in pictures, you know, because we wrote it so big. <laughs> you know, like John, John Hancock, the John Hancock uh, concept, you know. Um, and um, as far as um, was the other, the other, the, oh, the, well, T- the TNT show. No, the Tammy show. It was the Tammy show and the TNT show. Um, my dad was in um, in the boxing business, and he and he had some connections with uh, the people who were pretty. You know, what was, what was happening was these people were taping this. It was a new technology. They were going to tape it and sell it to uh, theaters. You know, via cable. You know, that's when they first started having boxing matches going directly across the country by cable, you know, to venues and charging people admission to see it live. So they were going to try this with music, and the first one was the Tammy show, and then the TNT show came a couple of years later. And you can actually, yeah, you can actually look on the shows and see me and a couple of the other sloths and my sister hanging out in the audience while, uh, <laughs> while um, you know, these bands like, you know, Donovan and the Beach Boys and, um, you know, um, back, the Flames. It wasn't James Brown. The Flames was the Flames. They were like the Miracles. Sure, sure. It was Smokey Robinson, the Miracles. Nobody knew who these R&B, black R&B bands were. It was so, rock and roll was so new back then. It was only 10 years old. What about you, Pooch? What movies are you in? What, what evidence is there that Pooch exists in the modern Top 40 world? Are you in any movies like that or TV shows? Were you on Chips, the punk episode? I was not, but there actually is, was a character on NYPD Blue named Pooch. 
named after for, for me, a friend of mine. When 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 um, when Mike and I were in the band Blow Up, Jody was one of the producers and and writers for these uh, NYPD Blue and Deadwood and all that. And he actually put Pooch in a character. Unfortunately, DiPuccio got killed off in one of his episodes later on in another show. And uh, then uh, did the soundtrack to a movie called Up the Academy. So at the end of the picture there, there's a picture of me in that. And, uh, yeah, and some other things, the soundtrack to Flashback, things like that. But, yeah, there's some, there's some evidences there. And you can check out Pooch and Mike in person, live, at the Cobalt, November 5th in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, as their band, The Fabulously Reunited, The Reenactment of... The Sloths will be hitting Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada then. And I was also curious, the cavern scene, the cavern club scene, Pooch, Greg Shaw, Garage Rock. Did you go to that very much? Are any of the cavern scene people coming out to see the Sloths? And also, Mike, were you aware of the Garage Rock scene that was going on in L.A. at the 80s? Oh, I'm sure Mike knew. Sure. The Unclaimed and all these other bands that were coming out of there. Uh, I only knew, I only knew, uh, well, I obviously knew about the Ramones, you know. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I, the Hollywood Stars did a show with the Ramones somewhere out in the middle of, in middle America. And uh, I, uh, but I, I really didn't know about uh, the Unclaimed and the Chuckleberries and some of these, the Crawdaddies, you know, some of these bands that uh, were were coming up in the early 80s. Um, I was in the kind of in the rockabilly. I was in the punk scene, the rockabilly scene back then. So I wasn't. It was you know, it was like a whole other. You know, there was all these different little uh, genres going. You know, there was the you know, the two tone thing was happening, and uh, you know, ska and all that, and um, and then you know the metal thing was starting to happen, and you know, and then you had the punk thing going, and rockabilly, and then this thing, and you know, it was just. <laughs> You almost had that there. Did Rick James ever talk about his early days in Toronto when he was in the Minor Birds with Neil Young? Yeah. yeah. Um, a matter of fact, um, I ended up, this, this is a weird cross-pollinization going here, but um, when, I, um, um, when I was in the old pages, the manager, the whole little guy, Gary DeCasta, brought in John Kay to write a song for us to record, you know, and it, it was, it was actually released on Union, Rec- Union Records called Never See the Good. And, um, uh, and this is before Steppenwolf broke big, you know, so this strange guy shows up who can hardly see he's wearing uh, sunglasses and, you know, we just thought he was being cool, you know, and he, and he taught us the song and we recorded it. But anyway, uh, years later, um, with the Hollywood Stars, this guy named Neil Merriweather, who was a Canadian, uh, came into uh, backstage of the whiskey and said, "You guys are great. I want to record you. Um, I have a, a deal at Sound City, so we recorded an album for him at Sound City." And it turns out, looking back, that Neil Merriweather, John Kay, Rick James, um, you know, uh, Nick St. Nicholas, all these Neil people, Young. all these people, Neil Young. All these people knew each other. And uh, I even recorded a single with um, Vic Briggs, who ended up being um, um, Neil Young's producer. And uh, that's an that's a underground garage record now, too. It's called... Uh, um, Is that the Perpetual... Infiltrate, infiltrate Your Mind by the per- Perpetual Motion Workshop. It's like... Uh, 
it's like fuzz, you know, fuzz, psychedelic fuzz, and I'm playing fuzz bass on there, and Simon Stokes was one of the co-writers on that, on that record. Wow. So check that one out, man. Look that up. Infiltrate Your Mind by the Perpetual Motion Workshop. Uh, how bizarre, strange is that? <laughs> how about Kim Fowley, Mike? Did he recruit you for the Hollywood <laughs> stars? Did he recruit you? Because you were later edition. Or did you not have any interaction with him at all? Oh, yeah, I'm, I had interaction from the 60s. <laughs> Kim Fowley and, and, and um, uh, Rodney Bingenheimer. They were just guys who were on the strip all the time, just like me. So I, I didn't have any workings with Kim Fowley until the second version of the Hollywood stars. Uh, the first version, he actually did recruit. He just did a cattle call set, had a bunch of guys come down, you know, to play and sing and all that. And he would just sit there and go, you, next, next, <laughs> next, you, I'll take you. And then he just, that's how he formed the band. And um, that deal fell apart uh, before they even released the album. And two years later, uh, my friend Mark Anthony, the late Mark Anthony, uh, less in peace, Mark. Uh, uh, I was playing in a band with him, and we were getting nowhere. And he thought he had this brilliant idea: let's put together back together the Hollywood stars. <laughs> and so um, we reformed the band with three of the original members, and we got signed to Arista Records. And King Fowley got involved again with that version. But uh, um, his big involvement was like was two things: songwriting. He, he co-wrote some of the songs. And then um, after the band broke up, he took all the songs around and shopped them around, and he got kissed to record one of songs. Uh, King of the Nighttime World was on Destroyer, and then it came out again on Alive 2. So one of the Hollywood Stars songs, original Hollywood Stars songs, ended up being a, a Kiss cover. I mean, a cover by Kiss. Did you write that song? Did you write any... Escape. Did you write any of the lyrics? Escape was covered by Alice Cooper. So yeah, yeah he, so that was that was his ended up being his biggest involvement is getting those signed. You know, that was self-serving because he had he had royalties and publishing and all those songs. You know. <laughs> and how about when you played that gig with the Ramones in Middle America with the Hollywood Stars? What was the reaction to the Ramones like, and what was the reaction to you like? And what year was that? Uh, I think that was about 1976, 77, 77 probably. Uh, I don't really know what the crowd reaction was because they were, it was like one of those multi-stage venues. Uh, it was some club that had multi-stage stuff going on and we were playing and they were playing in another room. I just remember seeing them backstage and, uh, you know, the, the, the thing that sticks in my mind, all passing this brown bag around and inhaling it. <laughs> and uh, that, I, I, I've never seen a band, I've seen that before in my life. I'm not like, didn't just fall down with the rain, you know. But <laughs> I'd never seen a band doing that backstage before. They were, in, that was pretty... they were inhaling glue from a paper so, bag? They were in uh, my glue. Round paper bag. They were huffing something. I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, but I, that was... Your band, Mike, and we're speaking to Mike and Pooch from the Sloths coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, November 5th at the Cobalt. Your band, the... Yellow Pages was like Mickey Rooney's son in that band. Yeah, right. That was Kenny Rooney Jr. How, how do you, you really know your stuff, man? How do you, how do you remember that? <laughs> well, you're Mike from the Sloths. We have to know. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was Kenny Rooney Jr. I'm still in touch with him. He's a 
yeah, he's a cool guy, you know. Uh, but he was a very, uh, very wild and disruptive force to the band back then, you know. Like uh, we we were going to do the show in Dallas, and uh, you know we 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 got um, our, our manager got his airplane tickets because it was just it was like a one off thing. It was too far to drive. So Teddy comes off the plane. You know we all had like uh, like like beetle haircuts and you know straight bobs and everything. And that was our, our image, right? He comes off the plane and he just had his hair permed, you know, like no wedding, you know, like he's one of the members of the experience. And the manager just shit his pants. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Leave that out. But anyway, he, he turned around and put him back on the plane and we ended up playing as a four piece. So it, it, it screwed, it, you know, it screwed us up because, you know, all of a sudden, you know, like on the spot, hey, you're not a five piece, man, you're a four piece. And, we had to, but you know, we're, we're not used to that. We're, you know, we're musicians. And we actually ended up doing that with the Sloths last spring when we went to South by Southwest. The, um, you know, one of our guys had to, uh, couldn't, couldn't make the tour because he has a career, <laughs> unlike some of us. And uh, um, so we, we ended up with a four piece. Couple hours of four piece. And that's what, you know, that's what we're doing right now. We're leaning mean. We're leaning mean four piece band. You are the Sloss coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, November 5th at the Cobalt. We're going to play the end of Nerdwater Human Serviette Radio Show, Making Love by the Sloss, the legendary Making Love that goes for about $7,000 now on eBay? Well, probably not. I mean, it goes up. Also, Mike Stacks, never mind, Mike Stacks re-released, reissued the uh, right. 85 on Magazine, so you don't have to be... Uh, you don't have to be a wealthy collector to have the vinyl now. Although it's out of print, but it's, you know, it's going to be, you know, less, you know, it's going to be 25, 30 bucks now to get it rather than 6000 But if you want an original copy, yeah, you're going to have to pay. But that's like a more of a collector thing. There was also another band, the Dirty Shames, that cut that track. Was their version of okay. Making Love known more than your version because your was more rare? Who were the Dirty Shames, and are they still around, and will they do a reunion? Well, uh, the Dirty Shames was another band that came later on Impression Records, and uh, I guess these guys uh, decided, you know, no sense in letting something go to waste. Uh, we'll just recycle this song that we did with the Sloss, and... Uh, so they, and, and, and oh, by the way, we didn't know about that either, you know. <laughs> that was we, a Greg Shaw move. Yeah, until we uh, found, uh, until we were found by Mike Stacks in 2011, we didn't know that the, the song had been covered. We didn't know that the uh, the Gories had covered it either. It's on one of the Gories albums. So uh, we, we just didn't know any of this stuff was going on. Uh, Jeff, um, original founding, co-founding member Jeff Briskin didn't tell his um, his wife that he, he was in a band called The Sloss and made a record back when, he was a, back when he was a teenager. You mentioned, Pooch, that Mike was booking bands, rehearsal spots. What was it like back then, booking rehearsal spots to bands, Mike? You said there was a whole bunch of punk bands that maybe you were booking stuff out to. Did you book like oh, the... week? it was we- a legendary place. What was so it... What was it called? Who was there? Were the weirdos there? Could you describe it? Yeah. Okay. Well, it was kind of like uh, it was kind of like a uh, only dive on uh, Selma Avenue in Highland. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and um, everybody rehearsed there. Yeah. All these uh, 
you know, all the punk bands were there because I was the cheapest place in town, and I was centrally located in Hollywood. You could never, do, you could never do this today because the rents are too high. But back then, Hollywood was, was kind of like a slum. This was before the big revival. You know, now you have the Kodak Theater and all that stuff, and and the, and the Grammys and the, all these award shows. Uh, the, the the parking lot of, of Mike's studio there, tons of bands formed there. You know, I mean, that was just like the big hangout. If you weren't rehearsing, then you were hanging out in front there, and bands were always playing, you know, playing shows together. It was an amazing place to, to, to be, you know. And, and um, you know, yeah, a lot got done at that place. Legendary studio. And Pooch. Yeah, um, oh, sorry. I had bands like, on my first is Johnny Summers used to rehearse there. And uh, his band would, you know, fortunately, I would book it with his management because he would never even show up for his rehearsals. His, uh, his uh, band would show up, but he wouldn't show up. But at least the band was well rehearsed when they played. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have played some amazing gigs. Like, you played with Dinosaur Jr. at the Roxy, and you're going to be playing with Rocky Erickson coming up. That's, those are some interesting gigs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we... Uh, we actually backed up when we played the the, the Palmer's stop in New Orleans in 2012. Uh, we actually backed up Ty Wagner, and uh, he, who didn't have a band, you know. So the promoter uh, Ira Padnos, the guy who puts on the Palmer's stop, said, "Hey, uh, he just called me and said, by the way, can you guys can you guys learn a couple of his songs and and come back up the stage for him?" And we said, "Yeah, sure." I mean, Ty Wagner, we didn't even know he's still alive, you know. <laughs> Well, you're coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada on November 5th to the Cobalt. You are called The Sloth. We're speaking here to Mike and Pooch from The Sloth. Thanks for phoning in to the Nardwater Human Serviette Radio Show. Really appreciate it. We're going to end right now with Making Love. Anything you want to say about Making Love right here, the original version from 1965 and new Sloth on Burger Records. What can you say about Mike, Making Love, Mike? Yes, uh, we actually uh, re-recorded a new version of Making Love on uh, the Burger Lollipop Records uh, CD and, and cassette that is, is now available uh, on both their websites. We're, we'll be bringing some copies with us to uh, to the Cobalt Room, you know, and the famous yeah. in a signed copy, you know, we uh, come see us after the show. But and, they got to give it. Go ahead, Bruce. I just want to give a shout out to Ray. We didn't even talk about Ray, our drummer, who's been another guy's been through a ton of bands and stuff like that. So, you know, I just want to make sure he gets a little, uh, you know, a little love here as well. And Pooch, how about the Flipside archives? Is that ever going to be digitized yes, and up on the web? The amazing Flipside fanzine archives. I think Holly, Holly did a little of that. I actually donated about fifty copies and a bunch of ephemera to Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, you know, I noticed when I was in their, um, their library there, they had a huge poster, a huge mural up with like Bo Diddley and the Clash and the Beatles and all, and right in the middle was the flip side with uh, the Minutemen on it. So, um, I donated a lot of things to, uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for the, you know, and I, and I think any fanzines should send their stuff there. So, you know, it is there, but as far as the digitized, no, I think Holly tried to do that. Um, it might be up there a little bit. There's so much. You, you know, you, you you download a ton of stuff that way. So it would be you, nice if something nice came out of it. Were you the first person to interview the germs? 
we're the first. We're one of the first. Yeah, we I, maybe we're the first to interview him. Yeah, I know Al was really into the germs a great deal, and I remember you know I, I, it was funny now that like Pat Smear gets like these. You know, the Foo Fighters are, are, are huge. So I think they there, and we talked about in the first issue of Flipside, with, to bring us along, with Kim Fowley on the back of the first issue of Flipside. You know? Um, but yeah, I think we, we were the first, possibly the first to interview the Germs, and, and um, all those bands that came out back then, you know, the Bags and X and all these other bands, you know, well, Weirdos and the Dickies and Zeros and all that. Well, thanks so much, Mike and Pooch. Anything else you want to say to the people out there before we kick into Making Love by the Sloths? Yes, something uh, I do want to say. Uh, I just want to say, personally, it's a real pleasure to be playing with people in this band that I've known for years. I mean, I knew, like, as, as you heard me say, I've known Pooch since the 70s. I've known Ray, Ray Heron, our drummer, from the early 80s. He used to be in a band called Paul Warren and Explorer. They were, uh, Paul, Paul came out of Detroit. You know, I was playing with a Detroit, I played with the Detroit uh, uh, resident, Jamie James, in the Kingdies. I played with, uh, you know, another Detroiter, Rick James, in, the, in, a, in a band, 60s band called Salt and Pepper. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's weird how all this Detroit stuff, you know, came into my life. But uh, anyway, it's, it, yeah, it's really cool to have, have guys, you know, to work with that you, you've known for decades, you know, and that's, that's just uh, yeah, part of the... It's true. The, Enjoyment of it all. Oh, by the way, if you want to see Mike in a movie, he was in the King Bees and they did the the uh, Idol Maker. And he's all uh, he's in that movie, so he's got his film thing going too. Or we can go to the Tammy Show. Oh, yeah, that's true. You could do that. Screen do that. Screen grab. You know. Well, thanks so much, Mike and Pooch of the Sloths coming to Vancouver on November 5th to the Cobalt. Here's Making Love from 1965. And please keep on rocking in the free world and do do the loot do. Do do. You. I look and do you no harm. I want to hold you in my arms. I gotta kiss you, gonna hold you tight. I wanna be with you all night, making love. Making love. Good, good, good love, baby. Making love. Oh, girl, don't put me down. Got a time just mess around Got the joy, can't conceal it Babe, babe, do you feel it? You're gonna make me feel so fine I'll be with you all the time Make love Make love, baby I'll feel so good Ain't never gonna stop When you come into my arms And you feel my hugging Oh, you feel my kissing? Then, baby, you better know just how much you've been missing. Make it love. Make it love. Only one thing I want to do. Baby, baby, make love to you. I ain't looking to do no harm. I want to hold you in my arms. I'm gonna kiss you, gonna hold you tight. I'm gonna be with you all now, making love. Making love. 
good, 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 good love, baby. Give me that good love, baby. Make love now. Good love, good, good, good. A stack of records here, a stack of records there. I got records scattered all over everywhere, but I'm looking Discorder magazine has been supporting independent music for over 30 years, and it keeps on living by joining efforts with local music supporters such as Vinyl Records. You can find a selection of Vinyl Records' featured albums on the back 